I bring grace to you and peace from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, we've been making our way through this month of November. We've put a microscope on the topic that November is for Thanksgiving. The gratitude that we express as Christians to God is so important. We oftentimes ask God for a lot of stuff. We may even praise God for certain things, but to have a deep-seated sense of thanksgiving. That's what's really in view. Here in America, in just a few days, we're going to be enjoying some turkey, maybe some Thanksgiving ham if turkey's not your thing in your household. We're going to be ingesting a lot of carbohydrates. And I hope all along the way, you are able to find things with your friends and family or even in the quiet and solitude of your own home to say, Lord, thank you. I'm thankful for what you've given me. I'm thankful for the joy and the provision you are giving me in this present moment. And I'm thankful that even though I haven't walked through the circumstances that are ahead of me, the future that awaits me, I know that you are already going to meet me there. And so in advance, in advance of that, I say thank you. I want to read to you one of the premier passages on Thanksgiving that we find in the Bible. You should probably memorize this passage of Scripture. It's from Philippians chapter 4. And this is what Paul writes, beginning at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, but with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Present your prayers and petitions to God, but do so with thanksgiving. That's really what is for us the topic today to be thankful, and to be generous in our gratitude, but always to do that with a spirit of joy, of happiness, contentment in our hearts. Those are the things that we want to focus on today. You know, over this month that we've been charting our way through this topic of Thanksgiving, thinking about our response of generosity in view of God's generosity to us, as we've been charting our way through this month, it occurs to me that we can talk a lot conceptually about gratitude. Um, we can even get into some pointers and advice columns on what it means to be generous or thankful. Oftentimes in the church, the church is really great at giving advice or direction, but not truly helping people navigate the challenges that present themselves to us whenever we are in an experience of change. Over this month of November, we've been asking you to change the way in which you express gratitude in life. The frequency of that gratitude, the particularity or precision of that gratitude. I'd like to spend some time in this sermon to chart through six different aspects of navigating change 
when it comes to the doing of gratitude. I'm going to talk, and I'm going to use a book called Change Anything. It's a pretty important book around here at Shepherd. Not the Bible, to be sure. It's not Holy Scripture. The Holy Spirit didn't write Change Anything. That would be Kerry Patterson and some others in his team at the Change Anything Institute that wrote it. But what I like about this book is that it helps me, as a Christian, get very intentional about the way that I am going about a change in life. Change can be of any number of different kinds and varieties. There's vocational change, change in how we parent, in other words. There's change morally, the way that we comport with the Ten Commandments. But today we're going to talk about what does it mean to change intentionally regarding our expression and experience of gratitude. Now, I know that it was actually a couple weeks ago we talked about intentionality, but today we're talking about joyfulness, and joyfulness comes because we have previously thought about what it means to put an intentional practice into practice in our lives. You see, if we're going to be joyful in the way that we bring prayers and petitions with thanksgiving to our God, that joy will be even greater when we get after the intentionality, the intentionality of saying thanks. Let me just chart some things with you here, and that's my word for today in case you're on a Sesame Street commercial right now. The word is chart, because we are charting change in our lives. The first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about your personal motivation, your skills and abilities. Why are you motivated to be thankful? If you want to find joy and experience gratitude in your life, what should motivate you to do that? I don't know if you've seen the world lately, maybe picked up on a newscast or two, read through a news curating device or app like Flipboard or Apple News, but the world is kind of stinky right now. Others would describe it in even more provocative words. But I'll just leave it at, the world's kind of stinky. We've come through an election. We've finally seen all of the election signs come down and some of the animosity and anxiety in our culture maybe getting a little bit less. But this world is a tough place. And one of the reasons why I personally am motivated to make the practice of gratitude so much a part of my life is because without it, I'm more than anything inundated with negativity. It was several years back, we were going to put a parking lot into uh, the congregation's parking structure. We had bought some properties and we had to put in the parking lot. And uh, the city came in and said, you know, with all of this concrete, you are creating, now where there was once grass, a impermeable surface that rainwater cannot go through. And so, therefore, you have to put in thousands of dollars worth of sewer systems and water detention and retention uh, apparatus in order for the water that can no longer go through the ground to actually be taken care of before it leaves your property. Um, you know, the world, um, the world makes us um, very impermeable. It hardens us in such a way that um, gratitude cannot come in and go out freely from us. And, and I don't know about you, but there are a lot of days where I live without a great deal of joy 
because I have grown very unintentional in my capacity for being grateful. You need to be uh, uh, kind of like grass or dirt or ground where that, that water can go in, can evaporate out. You have to work hard as a child of God to get a, a practice of gratitude in your life. And it starts with your motivation to speak into the face of this antagonistic world. And then it starts with the practice, the disciplined practice of throughout the day saying thank you for any number of things. I'm going to throw up on the screen right now. I'm not going to throw up, by the way. I'm going to throw up on your screen for you right now some images. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of practice. And as you look at those images, I want you to practice saying thank you for whatever you see on the screen. Now, this may be a little corny, a little hokey, but I think you'll get the idea because throughout the day, we are surrounded by so many things to say thank you for. And yet, so often, we are like a blank slate, just walking through life, never really picking up or acknowledging what is just right before our eyes. In this first image, you're going to see some pictures of nature. And I just asked the question, what can you say and how can you say thank you? Let's do some skill building. What are some things that you can say thank you for? Well, certainly you can say thanks for nature itself. You can say thanks for the animal that's there on the screen. You can say thanks for the trees, the beautiful sky, the, the sun, the moon, the stars that are overhead beyond the blue. You can say thanks for all of those things, and that's great. But I'm also reminded that I'm looking right now at the screen, which means I'm using my eyes. And in the moment that I'm grateful for the object of my sight, I'm also grateful for my sight. I'm reminded as I look at this nature picture of trips that I've taken with family and friends into nature, and I'm prompted by this picture, remembering them to say thank you for my brothers and sisters, to say thank you for my high school youth group, to say thank you for counselors and tour guides that greeted me as I went into settings like this. You see, skills mean that we, we develop that capacity to see a bigger picture than just maybe what's right before our eyes. And that's the kind of gratitude, the kind of thanksgiving skill building that I'm talking about. And here's my challenge for you, is that you would write into your day, into your schedule, opportunities for you to do these kind of circumstance surveys, to just look around you. I mean, I'm standing in a, in a room right now. I've got Matt McLean, who is so faithful in our production, and I'm thankful for Matt. I'm thankful for you, Matt. I've got John Carolis here, our associate pastor at Shepherd. He is sitting there right now taking notes on everything I'm doing wrong, but I am thankful for his wisdom and insight and the experience that he brings from his family, whose, whose whole life has been built around ministry. I'm now thankful for John's family, and I'm thankful for Matt's heritage back in England and all the cool stuff that he brings to our conversation, just as friends here. And I'm also thankful for all of this technology that you can't see, but I'm surrounded by. And I'm thankful for the color 
blue or purple or whatever this color is because I just like the color purple sometimes. By the way, that reminds me of the movie. I like the movie, The Color Purple, and I like films, and I like Netflix. Do you see what I'm doing here? Do you see how one thing leads to another? And as I walk through all of those different points of gratitude, my heart is growing more full. Joy is, is shining on my face because I'm leaving this stinky world we're living in and I'm going to different places that God has afforded me to say, thank you. I'm doing so with great motivation, but I'm also expanding my capacity to see the world in a more complex and beautiful way. See what I'm saying? So we've talked about the personal motivation and skills. I remind you that you can't go this road alone. You have people around you, your social network. It may be a spouse. It may be a mom or dad. It may be a son or daughter. It may be friends, citizens, fellow neighbors, church members that you see weekend in and weekend out. They too need to have that motivation to stare into the face of this often stinky world and with you say, no, I'm going to press into a spirit of thanksgiving. I want to go where the joy is, rejoicing in the Lord always, regularly, so that with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I can present my requests to God. You know, many of us live with uh, cynical people. Can we just, you know... Uh, bring that to the front. We live with cynical people. There's a, a gal uh, by the name of Renee Seidler. She's my wife. And uh, she lives with someone named Scott, who, because I deal with a lot of stinky stuff as a pastor, a lot of messed up lives and life situations, that sometimes my cynicism can ramp up pretty quickly. I have to remember that I have a personal responsibility to my wife to tamp down that cynicism so that her spirit, her spirit and soul, her view of life and the circumstances in which she lives is not, is not tethered mercilessly to that experience it's at work in me. We need to not only be the kind of person to be helpful to others, we also need to request and be assertive in asking others, help us. Challenge me to be grateful. Join me in finding the motivation for yourself and for me to be grateful. If that person you share life with does not have the skills and abilities, just as you started out this sermon, maybe without the skills and abilities that you needed, if they don't have the skills and abilities, practice together. Uh, I love to tell the story of my wife and I taking a walk, and I have the habit now as I go outside, if I see a cricket, a bird, if I see a cactus or, or, or trees or something, I will often say, this is going to sound so corny, I apologize, don't think less of me, but I'll, I'll sometimes just talk to the bird or the cricket or the cactus, and I'll say, oh, I, I, hello, beautiful. That's what I'll do. And I do that uh, not to be weird. 
Uh, I'm not a tree hugger, and certainly here in Arizona, you do not want to hug most trees. There are scorpions. There are stickly things that'll poke you. Um, but I do like to recognize the beauty that God has put in all of this creation. And so one of the ways, the skills that I've implemented, is to simply say to things that catch me by surprise, hello, beautiful. There's a morning dove uh, cooing on the neighbor's roof. Hello, beautiful. Well, anyways, my wife and I were walking along and we walked by a, a low ground uh, cactus and uh, it had some flowers coming out and it was absolutely gorgeous. Cactus flowers are some of the most amazing things you'll ever see. Here's some images of cactus flowers here in Arizona that, that you know, if you're not from the desert, you won't appreciate it maybe as much seeing it firsthand, but this will give you an idea. Anyways, and I looked at this flower or this flowering cactus, and I just said, hello, beautiful. Now, my wife knows that I do this, and she can't even make eye contact half the time with me because of it. And so she responds, well, thank you. To which I immediately said, oh, honey, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the cactus, which immediately required her to smack me in the shoulder and say, I'm your wife. And we had a good laugh about it, and of course said, yeah, honey, honey, you're beautiful too, obviously. But it's that kind of fun partnership. And I hope that rubs off on Renee, and certainly her gratitude and, and joy rubs off on me. Somehow, uh, those two things go together. And if you, can, if you can develop in yourself the personal motivation and skills, as well as the social motivation and skills, you're on your way. The last thing I'll say is this, is the environment we live in matters. Uh, some of us went to school uh, back in the day when those motivational posters came out with like one word like courage or vision or integrity. And there was like a little quote or a, a verse or passage that was on the bottom and our teachers had it up and we read it every day. And, and over time, that environmental adjustment that they made in the class, it seeped into us. Uh, maybe your mom uh, had on the uh, refrigerator some little magnet from Hobby Lobby or something like that. And every time you went in to get, you know, milk or chocolate milk or, or food or raid the refrigerator late at night, you had, to, you had to literally eat through that little magnet from Hobby Lobby. But it seeped into your life because environmentally it was an adjustment from just a, a blank refrigerator door. Take seriously the environment in which you're living. Shut off the TV. Uh, put the phone down. Um, put it in time out for an hour a day, two hours, three hours a day. Change your environment. As my son, my 15-year-old son, has gotten back to school, the teachers now require all phones to leave their, their backpacks, leave their pockets, and get put onto the wall in silent and do not disturb mode. Why do they do that? Because they are making an environmental adjustment so that education and learning can happen unobstructed with greater efficiency and effectiveness. I just want to encourage you to look at your environment and ask, is there anything that gets in the way of gratitude or thanksgiving? Last thing I'll say is this. You know, the beautiful thing about being a Christian is that Jesus Christ came to change us. Jesus Christ said at the beginning of his ministry, repent, change, be transformed, for the kingdom of heaven is near. 
And he not only gives us that advice, he actually gives us the power and the certainty that each and every day is a day for us to make change. We're forgiven of our sins, of our cynicism. We are forgiven for not managing intelligently the environment we're living in. We always have the opportunity for a new start. And I'm asking you to make a new start today. We've learned a lot about what it means to be thankful. We've been challenged to be generous now that we have seen the generosity of God given to us in so many ways. Let our generosity follow his generosity and our thankfulness for it. Because at the end of the day, this holiday season is about one thing. It's about joy. It's about joy knowing what God has given and being joyful in recognizing that and having the ability and the grace to say thanks. Go to where the joy is. Enjoy your family and friends this holiday season. Enjoy the stories and songs of Christmas. Enjoy time reflectively spent in solitude and prayer as the Word of God and the memories that God has given you in life to the good wash back over you. And in everything, with prayer and petition, give thanks. Amen.